0: Chapter 25 of the first book of Samuel, another famous story, and chapter 25 is sandwiched between chapter 24 and 26, which are parallel chapters. In each of those two chapters, 24 that we have looked at, 26 that we'll get to soon, in each case, David has an opportunity to kill Saul. In the first instance, he tears his coat in the second instance, as we will see, he takes a spear of Saul, he takes uh, some of Saul's provisions, but he doesn't kill Saul. Chapter 25, sandwiched between the two chapters, tells of a different story. In chapter 25, the primary story which begins in verse number 2, V'ish b'ma'on u'ma'aseu Via Ish g'do'ma'od. David went down to Paran and there was a man in Ma'on whose possessions were in Carmel the man was very wealthy he owned 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats he was shearing his sheep in Carmel now the time of sheep shearing in the Bible in the story over here later with Absalom who is shearing the sheep in the book of Genesis in Breshit Lavan goes to shear his sheep, is a festive time. You are sort of recognizing, realizing the prophets. So it's a very festive time. And this man uh, has a lot of sheep, a lot of flocks. V'shem Ha'ish Naval. The man's name is Naval. V'shem Ishto And the woman's name is Avigayo. v'ifatoa, The woman is very intelligent and beautiful. for for the man was a hard man, a difficult man, who did evil. He was a Kalbi, which probably means he was from the Kalev, a descendant of Kalev. Kalev is what is a very important person from the tribe of Judah. David descends from the tribe of Judah as well, not from Kalev. Perhaps the book hints here at a tension between the descendants of Kalev and David, who is, we know from other books, a descendant of Peretz. But that's a side point in the story. There's certainly a possibility that that's a factor in the story. David hears, in verse number 4, that Naval has gone to shear the sheep. And David sends ten men. And David sends ten Naval. Go to Nava, to Carmel, and inquire in my name of peace. Greet him. Say as follows To life Peace to you, peace to your house, peace to all that you have. The word shalom appears three times in the verse. Now I've heard. You should know that all the time that your shepherds were working, we were with them, they were with us, and we didn't take anything from your people, and we didn't embarrass them. And if you don't believe me, you can ask your own people. And the, the boys that I sent should find favor in your eyes. That is to say, We've come to a good time, a time of rejoicing, a time of prophets. Please give something to your servants and to your son David. He calls himself a son. It's a message of peace. What is the message? We have been protecting you all along. And if you don't believe me, you can ask your own people. So we feel we deserve this time of end-of-year prophets. Give what you can to the people that have been protecting you. That's the request. It's very lovely. David gives them a script, and that's the story. They come to Naval, who's a difficult person, a bad guy. That's how he's described. And Naval says, in verse number 10, I never heard of David. Me, David may Who's this David, son of Jesse, son of X? Is typically pejorative in the Book of Samuel. Hayom Rabu Nowadays there are slaves that are parates break out acting appropriately towards their masters. Midparates is probably a play on parrots. We know from the Book of Ruth and from Chronicles David descends from parrots. Judah's son, who is the primary son of Judah, and whether Naval means that the slaves are rising up against their masters, referring to himself as a master, or whether it's a reference to Saul. That nowadays, David and the servants, the lowlifes, are rising up against their superiors, in short, I'm not giving you anything. And he continues to say, why should I take my good food and give it to to these people? I don't know who they are. So the young men that David sent to Davao go back home. And when David hears what happens, they tell David. In verse number 13, David says to his people, put on your cherev, your sword. They put on their sword. David put on his sword. 400 of David's 600 men go with him. Reminds us of Esau's army. And the word Cherub appears three times to counterbalance the Shalom that appeared earlier. And we remember what the Torah said about Esau. What Esau's father, Isaac, said to Esau, You live by the sword. Now, what do we make of the story here? The story is extremely interesting, so many levels. First of all, I must say that despite the fact that Naval is represented as a bad guy, that's for sure, on the other hand, we can sympathize with him given what we have studied. The last person who unwittingly, perhaps, gave David support, that is, food and a sword, was the Priest of Nov, and we know what happened to the city of Nov and the 85 priests. They were massacred by Saul. So we understand that David, who essentially is demanding protection money after the fact from Navau, and from David's perspective, he's been protecting him. You know, what Samuel said about the king, he will take, and he will take it appropriately, but to a certain extent, He's entitled to take something, pay your taxes. And David's been protecting him, and he has been protecting him. It is true. The chapter makes that clear. So it's a very interesting chapter. He's a bad guy. But David's response, and what is David's response? David's response is, as stated explicitly in this chapter, David says that he intends to kill not just Naval, but he intends to kill Naval and everybody who lives on Naval's plantation. This is made clear later on, after Abigail encounters David and talks him out of it, which is a very important piece of the chapter. We don't have time for that now, but Abigail talks him out of it. But David says that, and David said in verse number 22, I swear, I swear, says David, that I will not leave a single man alive of Naval. That's what Ab- now. Then Abiyo comes and intercepts David, and she talks him out of it, and David says, Thank God you came to stop me, because if you hadn't stopped me, in verse number 34, he repeats it. He will lay me hard, by had you not come to greet me, to meet me, at I would not have, by tomorrow morning, not a single man would have been kept alive. So David intends to kill not just Naval, but to massacre everybody with Naval as well. And it's interesting that in this chapter, we have remarked that. Generally speaking, the book doesn't tell us what David is thinking. Saul, by contrast, is a transparent character. David is an opaque character. But there's an exception in chapter 25, an important exception. And when David is marching towards Navo, And David said, And David said, and David said in verse number 21, David had been saying, It was all for nothing that I protected that fellow's possessions in the wilderness. That nothing he owned is missing. I was an honest guy. I, I protected him. I kept him alive. I washed over him. That was for naught. That was a mistake. He didn't give me anything back in return. He has paid me back evil for good. That doesn't present our hero David in a very positive light. So in the story over here, unlike the chapter which precedes and follows, in those chapters David of his own uh, has the own, his ability to stop himself to prevent himself from killing Saul. Both in 24 and 26 we will look at, but in chapter 25 David by himself left to his own devices plans to kill not just Naval, but everybody associated with Nabal. And in chapter 25, we have the heroine who emerges, who prevents David, who talks David out of it, who prevents David from killing Naval. Her argument is very interesting. It's a long speech. It's a long argument. And just to summarize um, what she says, very briefly, she says on one hand that you're going to be the king in the future. Do not... Do not stain your reputation. This won't look good on your resume, she says, if you kill Naval. Secondly, you can't take this matter into your own hands. You have to wait for God to give you the green light, for God to make you king. At the same time, she brings David provisions. And what she says to David is, essentially by giving him provisions, what she's saying is, I'm with you. And then she says about herself in this chapter, and I apologize for not coming earlier. You should have come to me is what she's really saying. In other words, she's saying something else, which is, you asked the wrong person. The person who can help you is myself. So in a sense, I'm guilty, I'm responsible, translates into I'm guilty, I'm responsible. I also have the ability to help you. Don't forget that. And and when this is all over, remember me naval conveniently dies a few days later and that's another story and as soon as naval dies david sends a delegation to pick up abigail as a wife she's already packed her bags so the story has many interesting features over here on one hand once again david has restrained himself or been restrained he has the ability to listen to abigail to his credit On the other hand, we have a perfect example of the way in which the book of Samuel presents a story in an exceedingly nuanced way. There are all kinds of interesting elements. It's never black and white. It's all gray. There are many sides to the story. There's the bad guy, Navajo, but it's much more complicated.